Amen. So wonderful to see you here tonight. You can be seated. Love these songs. I love singing to the Lord. I know we're tired at the end, especially of a Wednesday. We're tired, and uh, but God is good. He refreshes us. Amen. He revives us and enables us to, to worship him. So I thank the Lord for this series that we're doing on Elijah. It's ministered to my life. If it's anything good, it's, it's because God's made it good. Amen. It's his word, and it's blessed, and we don't have to add to it or take away from it, and it's wonderful just as it is. We just lift him up, lift up Jesus, and we're doing this study on Elijah, so you can turn to 1 Kings 18. You say, well, we're sure (coughs) moving slow. Well, that's how we do, typically, Uh, but really, it's not a study, believe it or not, it's not a study on First Kings and chronologically what happened, it's, it has to include that, of course, but it's a study on the life of Elijah and the things that we can learn uh, and his faith and his boldness and uh, his obedience to Christ and so forth. And he sta- stood in the Lord's presence continually. It's things that we're gleaning. Certainly, we're going to look at the events that the, that the Bible records about his life, but we're looking, we're taking our time and looking at some of the characteristics that are godly that would be a blessing to us that would be of the Lord that we want. So uh, in 1 Kings 1.18, go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Well, he had been hiding out for three and a half years, not hiding out. He was sheltered by the Lord and provided for. He goes and shows himself to Ahab. We read it last week where he called down. Uh, the Lord allowed him to pray. The whole nation of Israel is gathered together. He calls down fire from heaven Baal fails to call down fire from heaven and the 850 priests of Baal in the groves. They took these 850 priests. All the people bowed down and said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And and instantly on the heels of that, and that's really the time to do that. He says, take these, don't let any of them escape. None of these priests of Baal, don't let any of them escape. And everybody, not just Elijah, was laying hands on these people. They're the reason for the the calamity in the nation. They're the reason for the, uh, it was the people's own disobedience, but these people were leading the rebellion, you could say. They're the reason for the, the drought and the famine and the, and the heartaches in, in Israel. So they grabbed them, they brought them down to the valley and killed them all there. And then instantly, Elijah says to Ahab, get thee up, uh, for I hear the, the sound of abundance of rain, right? And so he goes and he instantly, this man Ahab goes and, and says, go eat and drink. The rain's coming, basically. And it was right on the heels of that. And so Ahab, totally dead spiritually, not understanding, not caring to what's going on in the nation and what's just taking place. He just goes back and wants to eat and drink, right? Elijah, what does he do? Elijah goes and he sets himself and he prays. He goes up to the top of Mount Carmel to pray and to pray for rain. So I want us to look at this. We're going to look at some characteristics. I don't know if we'll get through all of them tonight, but I'll look at some of the characteristics of his, of his prayer. Uh, look at verse 41. Ahab said unto Ahab, I'm sorry, Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. Well, it hadn't rained yet, okay? The priests have just been killed, false priest. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, 
and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Okay, he's got his servant with him. So just picture the scene. All this is happening in one day. All this is happening uh, quickly and one thing after the other. But one of the things that we notice about Elijah's prayer is that it was based on a promise of God. And this cannot be stressed enough. I think this is where a lot of people fail in our prayers is that we're not praying. One of the reasons we may fail in prayer is that we're not praying based upon a promise. Now, we read it to, to start off, okay? In 18, verse 18, chapter 18, verse 1, Go show yourself unto Ahab, the Lord said to Elijah, and I will send rain upon the earth. So he has the promise, right? He has the promise. And you might say, well, then what's, what's the point of prayer? And this, we're going to talk about these things. What's the point of praying if God's already promised it? Wouldn't the Lord, won't the Lord just do it uh, regardless of whether or not the man of God prays or the woman of God prays? And it's a, it's a legitimate question, but it can quickly be answered from the Scriptures, okay? It can quickly be answered from the Scriptures. Elijah knew in his heart this was not, that he, Elijah knew in his heart he was going to pray, that God called him to pray and wanted him to pray, okay? And we find this all through the scriptures. God's promises, I love the way F.B. Meyer put this, God's promises are given not to restrain prayer, but to incite us to prayer. I'm going to say it again. God's promises are not given to restrain us from prayer, to keep us from praying, and say, well, God's, God's going to do it anyway. God's promises are given to stir us up to pray, to lay hold on the promise of God, and then get at the altar or get in your prayer closet before the Lord. Open up the promise of God. Get before God and pray that promise of the Lord. That is God's desire. That's what he calls us to do. Um, the, the promises of God give us a, I guess you would say, a direction in which we can pray. Instead of praying anything we want, anything that pops into our head, we ought to first go and find the will of the Lord. And, and certainly if we're praying for a lost loved one, we know, it's, we know he's not willing that any perish. We can pray those things before the Lord. But it gives us a direction in which we can pray. And it gives us, an, I guess, an extent to which you, we can hope for an answer or believe for an answer. If God has promised me, then I can pray for that. And if God has promised me, I, I, could, pray, I could pray for that and believe an answer to that prayer. I know it sounds very simple, but we need to pray the promises of God. And God's word is filled with all kinds of promises for the saints of God, right? He's filled with promises for a lost man. If he'll repent, you know, call upon the Lord, you'll be saved. It's filled with promises loaded with benefits and promises for the believer. But in order to really appropriate the, that, like we talked about the grace of God this past Sunday, appropriating it, the things of God, he, he desires, God desires for us to pray. That is just simply a spiritual truth. It is a spiritual fact and a reality that God's people are to pray. It is God's will for us to pray. Even though he promised, he wants us to pray and lay hold by faith upon those promises. It is an exercise of our faith, okay, to lay hold on the promises of God. And I think a lot of the questions, I've had them before myself. People have asked me over the years, as a pastor, people have come to me, if God's already said it in his word, what does it matter? 
If God's sovereign, what does it matter if I pray? He's going he's gonna to do what he wants to do anyway. Well, what he wants, and this is what I've come to believe and, and from the word of God, what he wants is for me to pray. That's what he wants. You know, men ought always to pray and not to faint. This is over and over the scripture. He calls me to pray. So if I'm his child, I don't have to wrestle all day. Well, what, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not logical. It's not reasonable. God's sovereign. He, there's mysteries to that I don't understand. But I can tell you one mystery that's not a mystery is that he calls his people to pray. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I'll forgive their sins, hear from heaven, heal their land. He, he promises that in response to faithful prayers of, of men and women of God. So he tells me to. And I'm going to be uh, just with a childlike faith, lay hold on that and believe it. And not, I honestly think that one good hour of praying where you're really coming to the presence of God and you know that you've come into the presence of God would answer a lot of those doubts and put a lot of those doubts and questions we have about prayer. Instead of thinking about prayer, we need to go pray. You know, instead of debating about prayer and wondering the reason, if it's reasonable or not or rational, we need to pray and get with God. Um, you know, a farmer, a farmer has certain things he has to do. There's basically, there are basically laws of nature and farming that you have to plow the ground and plant the good seed at the right time of year and so forth. And then they're totally dependent upon the Lord to send the rain and, and to make the, the seed to grow, right, and to bear fruit. But that farmer has to, has to do his little part. He doesn't have to understand everything uh, biologically about how a seed germinates under the ground and how long that takes and so forth. He just needs to know enough about farming to know it's time to plant the seed. I got to get the ground ready and I get it in there and then they're going to have to trust the Lord from there. They just trust that uh, it's going to work, basically. And God wants us to pray and believe him for that. And we need to do our little part. And one of our parts is prayer. We don't do the miracles in that sense. We don't make it, the miracle happen. But we can lay hold on a promise of God and pray it and believe it. We have to do our little part, so to speak. And I don't have to understand how the heavens work and how what's always going on behind the scenes. What angels be, are being sent or what principalities are being uh, fought off or something like that. We need to trust the Lord. And so... Uh, Elijah's prayed a promise of God, and we pray for a promise of God, we know it's going to be fulfilled. Amen? And so uh, Jesus prayed. We see that from the Lord, right? We see our, our Lord and Savior praying. Early in the morning, where the disciples weren't up yet, he was praying. Late at night, when he was exhausted and been around people all day, desiring something from him, they went to sleep. The people went home, his disciples went to sleep, he would go pray. This was his practice. And Jesus said in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, don't pray this way like the, you know, like the Pharisees or the hypocrites and so forth. When you pray, not if you pray. When, when Saul of Tarsus uh, was knocked off his horse and called upon the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him on the Damascus road. He went on into Damascus. He was blind for three days. He called upon the Lord, and God spoke to one of his men, Ananias, and said, I want you to go pray for this man, Saul of Tarsus. He's at a certain, uh, you know, certain address, and I want you to go. And, and one of the things that convinced Ananias that 
it was okay because he said all he knew about Saul of Tarsus is this is the guy that persecutes Christians. The Lord says, no, he's a chosen vessel. Go your way. I'm going to show him what things he's going to suffer, and, and I want him to receive his sight. But he says, behold, he prayeth. And it almost seems like that's his little ending of the, uh, the sentence. It doesn't have much to do with it, but it does. And it, behold, he's praying. <laughs> you know, he's in there praying. And, and true people of God pray. Uh, uh, people of God pray. It's, it's, we know it's, it's of the Lord. He's called us to do it. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, when the Lord added 3,000 souls to the church, and then it gives a real brief description at the end of that chapter, and it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. They continued steadfastly. So I was talking to the boys today at Parkview at the Bible study, and just really, it's not what I had planned on saying, but sometimes the Lord changes it. But I was really impressing upon, I think I had four or five guys today, impressing upon them the need to pray. I said, I know you're tired. I said, my two boys went to school here. They played baseball, you know, and they're riding a bus back from Zachary late at night, and they still got homework to do, and they got to get up early the next day. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's tiring. And, you know, I'm saying, God would give you, guys, God would give you the strength. If you would set aside that time to pray and to seek his face and open up your Bible and read it, God will give you the strength. And I used to think, well, I can't miss that. I need that extra hour of sleep. No, what I need to do is pray. And God will strengthen me and refresh me for the day. Either we either believe that or we don't, right? The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Do I believe that God can strengthen me if I obey him and turn aside and take that time to pray regularly? Yes, he can. He does, and he will. And so the people of God pray. He's called us to, to do that. Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Okay? Our prayer also is not just some sweet little uh, sentimental kind of thing. It's a real getting hold of God. We need to pray effectually and fervently. We need to pray, uh, we need to pray the promises of God, like I said, and lay hold upon the promises of God. I'm going to look at a couple of scriptures just real quickly, both of them in Luke chapter 1. Then we're going to move on to another thought about his prayer. Luke chapter 1. Here the, the angel, Gabriel, is speaking to uh, Zacharias, who is the father about to be the father of John the Baptist. He's in the temple praying. He's a priest. He's, and it says, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. We, we, when we come into God's presence, he wants us to believe that our, our prayer is heard. He wants to give us that assurance we can come into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the, the most uh, effectual door that could be opened unto us. And we have the right to come and the privilege to come. And we, we, God wants us to lay hold upon him. You know, the bio, everything in the Old Testament, especially like the tabernacle and the law and so forth, those things would foreshadow Christ's coming, right? And the altar was a brazen altar that was outside of the temple 
you had to pass the brazen altar before you could go in. The brazen altar was the altar of sacrifice. The brazen altar is where blood was shed for the remission of sins. And nobody could get inside until they passed through the blood, right? That's a good picture of Christ. But inside, and inside the temple, there's an, another altar, and it was an altar of incense, and there's no blood shed there. It was a golden altar, an altar of incense. And this were a, it was a place of prayer, and where the prayers are carried out to the Lord. And so that, that's symbolic, really, of our prayers, like incense rising to the Lord. And we have the privilege to come into God's presence and pray. He delights in the prayers of his people. He calls us to pray. He desires us to pray. And it's all the more uh, effective when we pray a promise of God. We lay hold on a promise of God. And so later in this chapter, the Lord comes and speaks to Mary, the Virgin Mary, in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. This is her response after she was told she would have bear a son. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. Be it unto me according to thy word. What was she doing? She was, she was in agreement with the promise. In agreement with the promise. Amen. That's all Elijah was doing. That's one of the characteristics of his prayer. He prayed according to the promise. The next thing is he was very definite in how he prayed. Uh, sometimes I think, and I do it myself, we, we uh, throw up a lot of prayers to God and we hope something sticks. You know what I mean? We'll fire a bunch of arrows, hope one of those hits home. Praying for this, 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 and this. And I, I think it, it's much more effective if, not that we don't have a lot of things to pray for, we do. But if we would pray, like, definitely, like a real specific thing, and get with God, and call upon the Lord, and maybe labor and travail for that, you know, to really... Where we're, we're definite in our prayers and not just throwing, if I sin today, forgive me, save all the lost people, you know, just all these prayers. You're praying, I'm praying for my brother to be saved. You understand what I'm saying? I'm praying, Lord, touch his heart, send someone to his life to share the gospel because he won't receive it from me. You know, understand what I mean? Pray, Lord, that his heart would be soft. Lord, have mercy. Save him before he dies, Lord, and spends eternity in hell. And so we need to pray, and I fail at that a lot of times because I have so many things and people and situations that I'm praying for. But God wants us to pray, not just throwing a bunch of things up and hoping something sticks, to really lay hold on something. I don't think a lot of times we pray, and, and I'm including myself in all of this, okay? A lot of times we don't pray expecting a real answer. We, we pray it, and it's a good prayer, and maybe according to God's will, but we don't pray it really expecting a real practical result, that this is really going to happen. And, uh, and God is faithful, and we need to trust him for that. Amen? David, I want to read this real quickly from Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. Well, we'll read 1 through 3. Psalm 5, 1 through 3. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. So this is his prayer. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. These things are like real uh, 
specific. I'm praying to you, God. Hear my prayer in the morning. I'm going to direct my prayer unto you. You see, it's real, it's real definite. Again, it's not like just um, an afterthought. It's a real thought of calling upon the Lord. So be definite when you pray. This is another thing I see from Elijah's prayer. Another thing we notice from his prayer is that he, his prayer was earnest, okay, or sincere. The Bible says in James chapter 5 that Elijah prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain on the earth and for the space of three and a half years, okay? And it didn't. And then the, he prayed again that it would rain, and it rained. But the Bible says he prayed earnestly. This, this, for this, we need the Holy Spirit. I would say we need the Holy Spirit for, for all of this. But to really play, pray earnestly, this would be the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we pray. It is the effectual that avails prayers of the righteous man, which avails much. That's the type of prayer we're told that avails much. And to be effectual and to be fervent, I've studied and looked up both of those words. Uh, effectual means that it is wrought of God, that it's actually a working of God. It's, a, it's source and energy is from the Lord, okay? And the fervent part actually means it's red hot. It's with heat. It's fervent. And both of those apply, has to be the Lord. It's not just our humanity, our carnality. It's not screaming really loud, although we might be passionate in our prayer. And sometimes the Holy Spirit does that. But it is a working of the Holy Spirit to pray through the believer like that. Okay? Where it's wrought of God, where it's actually his power, and where it's red hot with heat. That if the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Okay? And so everybody you look at, really, when you, when you read through the Bible and the notable prayers in the Scripture, I think about Daniel when he was praying in Babylon, okay? And he was actually repenting in Babylon for the sins of Israel. Or I look at other prayers of, of people, Jesus in the garden, okay, the night he was, he was going to be arrested. He's, he's praying and, and sweating drops of blood, from his prayer, from his agonizing, the, the scriptures say, in prayer. This was not just little, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, say, if I sin, forgive me. This is an, an effectual, fervent prayer, but it's not just a self-determination. It's, it's we need the Holy Spirit. Strengthen me to pray like that. Strengthen me to pray like that or I'll fall asleep. Strengthen me to pray like that or I'll daydream. Strengthen me to pray like that or, you know, it... it uh, it's just going to be weak. And, and we read Jacob. What did Jacob, Jacob do? He wrestled with the angel of the Lord until the breaking of the day. He said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. The Bible says that David panted after the Lord and poured out his soul to the Lord. We read about the, the blind man who was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't just do it once, and he didn't do it humble, under his breath. Hey, would you mind if he's not too busy? Go ask him to come over here and pray. He was crying out, Jesus, son of, of God, son of David, have mercy upon me. They were actually telling him to be quiet. And he kept on praying and praying and praying. And Jesus turned and went to him. And he received his sight. Amen. He received that, that healing. Uh, we see it all through, through the Bible. The Bible says that Jesus prayed strong with strong crying and tears. He's calling upon the Lord. And I think about, uh, I think about uh, Hannah, who didn't have a son, right? And she went before the Lord. She went into the, the tabernacle, 
and began to pray, and she, she cried out. She cried out, and, and so much so that uh, Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. But she, she, she said she was in bitterness of soul. She was in bitterness of soul. This was not just some little recited prayer that was written down that she recited. She was crying out to the Lord. Amen. And she received. God desires us to do that. Amen. To call out. And I would just pray for, for that in our lives. That God would give us that, that power by the Holy Spirit. He will do that if we'll ask him to. That's how our prayer needs to be. That's how our prayer ne- meetings need to be. That's how I need to pray. Okay? That's how the believers of God are called to pray. And in this hour, we're called to pray. And the last thing we'll look at tonight probably is that Elijah's prayer was humble. Or he was humble in his prayer. This is a good trait not just for prayer but just in, in general for the people of God to be humble before the Lord, okay, meekness. But I want you to turn with me and look at Luke chapter 18. So earlier in this chapter began, chapter 18, with this unrighteous judge, and the woman was going to beseech the judge, and he said, I don't fear God or man, but this woman's going to wear me out. By her continual coming, I'm going to give her what she wants. Okay, that's a good trait to be persistent in prayer. But here we see humility. So look down at verse 13. This is where uh, the publican and the Pharisees both stood and went to pray. Okay, we'll pick up verse 11. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. So he's already lifting up himself and his own, what he thinks are good traits in his life. I think that I'm better than other people is what he's saying. Uh, I'm not an extortioner or unjust or adulterers or even as this publican. So he's actually looking at this publican, this other human being in the temple, and saying, I thank you that I'm not like him. I fast twice in the week. I give thanks of all that I I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. So this is humility, but it's humility specifically in prayer that he's talking about here, okay? And you want to go down justified after your prayer? You want to go down having received from the Lord? We need to be humble in our prayer. We say, how do you know Elijah was humble? Just his, all we can gather from the scriptures is his posture. He went up to the top of Mount Carmel. He sat down and put his head down between his knees and started praying. So he wasn't being haughty, I guess is the point. And, and God wants us to pray uh, that way. He wants us to He cast himself down, it says, on the ground, put his face between his knees. And just a few hours before, in different different times, and call for different, I guess you'd say, uh, positions or or postures. Just a few hours before, he was standing up, I guess you'd say like an oak tree, confronting all the people, saying, why are you halting between two, two opinions? Baal has 850 priests over there. It's just me by myself over here in the Lord. He was very bold. And he, in there, that sense, he was, he was being God's ambassador before the people, pleading for men to turn to God, right? 
Turn to God. That was the whole plea. Right here in his prayer, he is actually an intercessor on God's behalf, pleading to God for the rain to come. And so he takes this posture of humility, and he begins to call upon the Lord. And I, again, I think sometimes we can get, get too haughty. And uh, when, when we humble ourselves before the Lord in prayer, then God's going to use us to stand strong before men. He's going to use us to stand strong in the face of the enemy. But that's going to start when we're on our knees before the Lord. We can never think we're too... Uh, advanced in our Christianity or too far along or too strong that we don't need to be at the altars crying out to God or in our prayer closet crying out to God. We do. We need prayer and we, we need to be humble before the Lord. And that's where we're strengthened. When we bow down before the Lord, we can stand up straight the rest of the day, right? And the rest of our lives, we'll stand up straight before the enemy and before temptation when it comes our way or, or whatever it may be, we can stand up uh, strong before the Lord. I think sometimes this is not really a sermon on the fear of the Lord, but, but there needs to be a godly, holy reverence. The Bible speaks of it. And so, yes, you say, well, you know, I've just heard it even in my own life where there's almost too, too much of a, a casualness about coming to church or casualness about how we even dress or come to church or how we approach the Lord, where it's, well, I'm under grace. I'm part of the new covenant. And I, you know, I can boldly come before his throne of grace, and I say, yes, 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 and yes. But don't forget, we're sinners saved by grace. You know, it's his grace, but I was a sinner until he saved me. And there's still, I need to remember when I come before the Lord and enter boldly, through the blood of Jesus Christ to come into his presence, like Hebrews 4 talks about, that still we need to remember his holiness. We need to remember his power, his might, his goodness. I'm not saying that we're afraid of God. We're not to be afraid of God, but we're to come with a reverence and a worship and a, and a fear. You know, John, at the, uh, the Apostle John at the, the Last Supper, he was always the one, well, not just at the Last Supper, we always see John in that inner circle, right? Uh, the apostle whom the Lord loved is what he called himself. And at the Last Supper, we see him laying his head on the, the shoulder probably of Jesus at the Last Supper, pressing in close, as close as he could get, right? But even John, when he saw the Lord, when he's on the island of Patmos and in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he heard a voice behind him and turned around, and he saw the Lord, right? In ancient of day, he sees him, he falls at his feet. He falls at his feet. There is a holy, reverent fear that should be there, that is healthy, that is good. It doesn't make us run from God. It makes us revere God. It makes us worship him. It makes him see he's holy and I'm, I'm only what I am by his grace. You understand? I'm, I'm, I'm his servant. I'm his child. And it's all because of the goodness of God. And we need to see that and know that. And I just think in, in our, probably not just in our day, but I do see it in our day. Uh, in, in churches and in Christianity, there's a real uh, casualness about it that's not, it's not of the Lord. And again, it comes to everything from how people dress, how they prepare to come to church, everything and how we approach the Lord. The angels are that are in God's presence right now, continually in his presence, 
these angels that are flying around the throne of God are covering their face and they're crying, holy, 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 holy is the Lord. And so we, we see this. There needs to be a humility. The only plea that we have with God or position is the blood of Jesus. And he provided that for us. We need to remember that we're coming at, when we're coming to his presence. I'm going to cover one more aspect of Elijah's prayer tonight. It was full of faith, expectant faith. Okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith lays hold. We've talked about it. Uh, by, the, by it, the elders obtained a good report. Faith is going to lay hold upon something. Faith is not just I believe and then our life remains unchanged. Faith is I lay hold on the, that of God and it comes to me. He gives it to me. And again, back to our first point, why even pray if it's a promise of God? Because he tells me to. Because it is a test of my faith to see if I believe. Anybody can say they believe. The devils believe and tremble. But they're not saved, okay? And they're not in a right standing with God. We believe. We believe, therefore, David said, I believe, therefore I speak, right? I'm gonna sp I believe it, so I'm going to tell you about my God and my Savior. I believe the promise of God, so I'm going to pray it and I'm going to lay hold on it. And I'm going to believe it's mine. It's not appropriating something that's not ours. It's not naming and claiming anything you want. It's laying hold to the promise of God that he has given in his word or that he has de very definitely spoken to your heart and your life. You're not commanding God to do whatever you want. We're, we're hearing from God, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And again, from his word or for a, from a very definite calling, or speak into your heart where you know it, then you lay hold on it. You lay hold on it. And we lay hold with by faith. Uh, what things soever, Jesus said, you desire when you pray. But this is an amazing verse, really. Mark eleven twenty four. What what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Faith is an uh, indispensable part of prayer. It's a condition. It's indispensable. We have to believe. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And without faith, it's, imp it's impossible. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. And we have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But faith at the same time is, is a gift from God. And in other words, he gives us the faith to believe. Our faith can be strengthened. Our faith can increase. It does increase. I pray that tonight as we come to church and are studying this, that our faith is increased. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith has to be exercised. We exercise our faith. All right. Just like we exercise our bodies, we need to exercise it in prayer and in obedience and in walking with the Lord. And it grows stronger as we feed upon Christ and upon his word. So there again, if you're not spending time in prayer and if you're not spending time in the word of God, you're too busy, you're too caught up, life just not a good time right now, you're not having a consistent prayer time, you're going to be suffering. You need to. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Our, our faith is strengthened when we're in the word. When we're reading it, studying it, thinking on it, and walking in light of it. Amen. And so Elijah knew, because God had already promised, right? You go show yourself to Ahab, I'll send the rain. He was sure that and no matter how many times he had to pray and look out 
send his servant to look out over the sea. He knew that that rain was coming. He knew that God was going to answer, that God would keep his promise and God would not fail. Amen. And another thing, just quickly as, as we're closing, when he, when he prayed with expectant faith, his faith in, caused him to go send that servant out there and go look. If he wasn't expecting an answer, he wouldn't have gone to look, right? He sent him out seven times. He didn't know that it would be seven. It could have been 70. It could have been 700. He just knew that the rain was coming, and he believed it. So he knew one of these times he's going to come back, and he's going to tell me that there's, there's rain coming. He knew it. There was no question about it. Well, then I'll just have to pray some more. I'm going to get down and put my head down behind, between my knees, and I'm going to keep beseeching God because he promised. He promised. Amen. And so a lot of us fail. A lot of times we fail in prayer here as well, but by not, not watching and praying. So this would be, to me, a good example of watching and praying. If you say, for example, Lord, use me to win somebody to you today. Use me to share the gospel today, which is a wonderful prayer, by the way. We probably ought to pray that more than we do. He wants us to, to look for the opportunity. In other words, have your spiritual radar ready and going. Not just pray that prayer, put it on the shelf and go about your day. Pray that prayer and say, all right, Lord, I'm looking. Who, who do you want me to share the gospel with today? Is it this person at Walmart? Is it this person at the gas station? Is this my coworker? You know, whatever. be looking for that opportunity. We need to watch and pray. And that the watching part has to do with believing God to answer. I know he's going to answer, so I'm looking. I'm looking. That's important. This is how Elijah was in his prayer for rain. And so uh, praying, sometimes we just, we just basically are trusting in his word because he said it. Sometimes, as I said, he puts a def very definite knowing in our heart. Sometimes he'll give us the gift of faith. You know, the Bible speaks of the gift of faith. It is one of the spiritual gifts that he gives where, where we believe we hope against hope, basically, where we needed that gift of faith to believe for this above and beyond, I guess you would say, normal faith in a promise of God. But in, anyway, the Lord uh, increases it. He gives it to us. And I just thank God uh, for it. I'll close with this, that, uh, you know, when I, I use this story all the time, this account where Peter, uh, the, the Jesus was preaching from, from the boat, Peter's boat, because the crowd was pressed him, you know, on the, on the shore. So he push, pushed out in the boat and preached. And as he was preaching, uh, he told Peter, he says, let down your net for a catch. I know you've heard this so many times, but uh, he said, Lord, we've toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. And so this comes back to how we open tonight at the word of God. That ought to be enough for us and for a child of God and for the servant of God. And as we grow and mature in the Lord, God wants to bring us to a place in that time and time. And that is now where his word is enough for us. What he has spoken to our hearts and what he has spoken through his word is enough. And Peter said, we've toiled all night and taken nothing, but nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to let down the net. He let down his net and he couldn't lift it up because there were so many fish. That is like the, the promise of God waiting if we'll obey him, if we'll pray, if we'll seek him. Instead of rationalizing all the reasons not, even as a Christian, well, I've prayed for that a thousand times and it hadn't been answered. Pray. 
pray a thousand and one. If it is God's will and is according to his word, then we pray. And we pray by faith and we pray expecting and we're watching and praying. Amen. The altars are open. D, if you would come. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord. And Father, we have such a long way to go in our, uh, in our prayer lives, God. But I do thank you that you are bringing us on and you can bring us on, Lord. Individually, Lord, as a church, God, I pray you would grow us in our prayer lives, God. I thank you, Lord, that over the last uh, year, or year or so, you've blessed us with a ladies' prayer meeting, a men's prayer meeting, and, and our Sunday night prayer meetings, and our times of prayer and fasting, God. But I pray you just bring us on. I pray you would teach us to cry out, Lord, to cry out, to be red hot with heat, fervent and effectual in our prayers, that our prayers would be a working of the Holy Ghost in us that power of the Holy Spirit, to pray according to your will, to pray believing, to pray with an expectant faith, believing God. Help us to lay hold on the promises of God like Jacob wrestled with the angel of God and said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And he didn't. He didn't let go, God, until you blessed him. I pray you would teach us to pray like that. I pray we'd feast upon your word and our faith would be strengthened, God. Help us, Lord. Grow us, Lord. If ever there was a time when the church needed to pray, it's now. Strengthen us and help us, God. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.